0: You know, sometimes we hear the comment, I was really challenged. After a message we hear, I was really challenged, and maybe life continues on somewhat near normal with little change. I think that was part of Brother Dave's message that he had uh, two weeks ago. But God has said that his word will not return void, but will accomplish that which I please. It shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. That's from Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11. And I feel God spoke to me through, the, the, through his word and through the tent meetings. But I asked the question, will I be satisfied with just being challenged? Or will his word affect needed change within my own life? Recently, I felt like I have been blessed by John chapter 21. Um, And I'd like to go there this morning for a message, John chapter 21. I'd like to read the first 19 verses. John 21, verses 1 to 19. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on this wise showed he himself. They were together, Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus. And Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, here were James and John, and the two other of his disciples, Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a-fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth, and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus, Then Jesus said unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it, for the multitude of fishes. Therefore the disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and he did cast himself into the sea. And the other other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were two two hundred cubits, dragging the net with fishes. As soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net Two land full of great fishes, a hundred and fifty-three, and for all they were so many, yet was the net not broken. Jesus said unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then coming, Jesus then cometh and taketh bread, and giveth them, and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples. After that he was risen from the dead. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and shalt and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said unto him, Follow me. The title of the message is I go a fishing. And the text is in verse three, but I would ask you, why did Peter make this why did he say that he was going fishing was it motivated out of a cry of confusion because the events hadn't turned out like he had thought it was was it a cry of disillusionment because Jesus had not set up his earthly kingdom was it a cry of sorrow for his denial of the Lord or was it because fishing was Peter's first love Maybe you know, why is it that Peter said, I'm going to go fishing? Now, I don't think it was wrong for Peter to go fishing, but we need to recognize that doing something temporal like this should not be our priority. But I'd like to ask you, brothers and sisters, are there times when we propose an activity from our own initiative that does not have God's blessing? Is the activity we are considering, is it self-serving? Is it temporal? Or is it of little spiritual value? <clears throat> what about you? When you're planning to do, go about your week, you're making plans for the week, how do you consider the things that you're going to planning to do? Is it something that you just plan on a whim or is it more than that? James chapter 4 verses 13 to 15 tells us, Let no man say, excuse me, that's chapter 1. Go to now ye that say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. How often when we are planning to do things do we say, if the Lord wills, this is what I'm planning to do. Or we just decide what we're going to do and follow through. Verse 15 there would suggest that we seek broader counsel. That we seek the Lord's counsel. And then if we receive his approval, I believe we are also in line for his blessing and his provision. So in this account here, the first five verses, I'd like to call it an exor- exercise in futility. He's, he begins here, after these things, Jesus showed himself unto his disciples. So Jesus, at, the, at his resurrection... In John chapter 20, verse 19, he showed himself, manifested himself to the disciples. And eight days later, when Thomas was along, he manifested himself. And it's interesting that what, what Jesus says, what it said about Jesus in verse 30. John 20, verse 30, and many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book. So Jesus, time and again, he manifested himself to his disciples, proving that who he was, and it's interesting, I think. And then Peter says, I go a-fishing, and what was the result? You know, they fished all night. Obviously, Peter knew how to fish, and he knew when to fish, but they fished all night, and they didn't catch anything. I believe there were several reasons why the disciples didn't know who Jesus was. One would be a lack of light. And second was the distance from where the people were out in the boat, probably 100 to 150 yards, that this boat was offshore in the early morning light. But it's interesting that even at this distance, Jesus was very much interested in his disciples, what they were doing, and whether they were successful or not and I'd like to ask you and me are there times when we may be discouraged with life or the lack of success or lack of fulfillment are you tempted at times to say where is god does he care does those questions do they enter your mind jesus he asked them children have you any meat and they said no. And I ask you, is it important to acknowledge failure? Is it important for you to acknowledge failure in your life? I believe there is importance in acknowledging failure and I'd like to share four things I think that does. Failure requires an honest look at our endeavors. Failure underscores the insufficiency of of ourselves. When we are unsuccessful, when we fail, it helps us to realize that we are insufficient of ourselves. Thirdly, failure demands an introspective look at our motives and our desires. And also, failure opens the path to the gifts and abilities of others. So the disciples went out, they fished all night, and they caught nothing. But what a beautiful turn in this story. Verse 6, And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. We must come to the end of our self. We must come to the end of our pride and our abilities if we want to receive the provisions of God. And we will not be open to other suggestions until we are emptied of self. How many times have we went on and on, trying to do something, accomplish something, and we think, well, I'll give it one more shot. And we are continued to be frustrated because we still feel like we can fulfill in our own strength. Notice in verse 14, Jesus, was the third time that Jesus showed himself. The word showed in the Greek Number 5318 means to render apparent, or he manifested himself to his disciples. And when Jesus manifested himself and he said, Cast the net on the other side of the ship, there were at least three, three things that were very apparent when Jesus manifested or showed himself to his disciples. Number one was his power, secondly, was his presence. And thirdly was his provision. How many times have you desired or wanted when you were trying to accomplish something and you prayed about it and you saw God's answer, you saw God's power, you experienced his presence, and you experienced his provision. What a blessing. What a blessing that is. I think I forgot to tell you what the second point of the message was, and that is little is much if God is in it. Obviously, Jesus offered the answer. and He said, cast the net on the other side and you shall find. And obviously, that's what happened. Is it possible that what happened on the shore was even greater than what the miracle that happened of the great catch of fish? It is because of Jesus alone that the disciples had a fire to warm themselves. And it's because of Jesus alone that they had bread and fish to eat. And it was because of Jesus alone that they they had fellowship. Jesus invited them. He said, come and dine. How often does it happen when Jesus has warm food and fellowship prepared and he invites you and I to come each day? He says, come and dine and we're too busy to come does that ever happen to you are you and i invited jesus has something to share with us and we're too busy to partake or we think we are isaiah chapter 55 what many blessings might we be foregoing because we think we're too busy. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 1 to 3, says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk, without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, And let your soul delight itself in fatness. Jesus is inviting to come and dine. Verse 3, incline your ear and come unto me here and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. Are there times when we feel like we're too busy to answer, to come and dine, to fellowship with the Lord? And why do I say that? Maybe you all are tired of hearing me say about beware of how much you are consuming on the online devices. I found this yesterday. The average person, not only locally or in America, but in the world, he uses online devices seven hours a day. I was, I was surprised to see that Japan was the least connected at four hours a day, and South America was the most connected at 10 hours a day. But that's astounding. We are, we become what we consume, and I'm concerned of how much consumption that we have. On the flip side, Only 32% of evangelicals read the Bible every day. And the average amount of time spent, and I don't believe this is necessarily you, but the average time Christians are spending in prayer is five to eight minutes a day. I'm talking about contrast. I'm talking about thinking of how much people are consuming their online consumption at seven hours a day. I hope that's not us. But think of how little people are consuming. Jesus says, Come and dine. I have fellowship. I had food for you. Too busy. I read this verse the other Sunday, but I'm going to read it again because I believe that there is a tremendous famine or tremendous drought in our world today. And I'm not talking about water. Amos chapter Amos chapter eight, verse 11. Behold the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And brothers, brothers and sisters, as I think of a famine in our world today, It's just obvious that that many people, they want to explain away and they want to push God aside and look at the fragmentation and look at the moral condition of our world today. Simply, Jesus calls to you and me, come and dine. Do you have time? Do I? Last point of the message where is the substance for, of my love for God? Maybe you're looking at this sermon and you'll say, Jay, well, that's what the Lord told you in John 21. But I hope you can be challenged by God's word, whether it's John 21 or something else. But I'd just like to say that verses, John 21, verses 15 to 19 were a challenge to me. So when they had died, Jesus said to Simon Peter, And I'd like to make that personal. Put your name in there. Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And Jesus responded, Feed my lambs. Verse 16, he saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. And he saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Three times Jesus Question Peter as to his level of love for his master. It's my understanding that Jesus asked him the first two questions Peter, do you love me? Do you love me with an agape, with a self sacrificing kind of love? And, she, and Peter responded all three times with a phileo Yes, Jesus, I have a friendship. Maybe not a self sacrificing love, but I have a friendship. For you. And then the last time Jesus asked Peter and he said, "Do you love me?" And he said, um, "That was with the Phileo type love." And again, Peter responded. So I'd like to make it practical here this morning and ask you, should Jesus come into our assembly here this morning and ask you and me the question that He asked Peter? how would you respond? And let's make it personal, and I'll do this for me. And you can fill in the blank. You can do it for yourself. Jay, do you love me? And where is the substance that proves your love for me? Jesus could also say... Jay, I gave my life for the church at large. I have a particular interest in the purity of the congregation at the peak. Jay, do you love me? And I could respond, yes, you know that I love you. And in essence, he could say, well, if you have love for me, I have a job for you. Jesus could tell me, do you love me? And I could he could tell me then, he said, feed my lambs. And I think of the little ones here in our congregation. I think of all the children. We have a lot of children here. And we have club children here this morning. We're glad you're here this morning. You're welcome. We have the instruction class, or most of it, that's here today. I think Terrell's not here today, but think of Terrell and Cody and Renee Jesus says, feed my lambs. It's my understanding that we have two that have accepted the Lord. That is not instruction class. I guess when we get this one over, we'll start another. But we have two more souls that have said that they want to follow Jesus. What a blessing. I just like to say I don't get to teach the instruction class real often, but I count it a privilege. I enjoy teaching the instruction class. It's my desire to be faithful, to feed the lambs. God bless you. Jesus could say the second time, Jay, do you love me? And then he could respond, feed my sheep. We have a lot of middle-aged people here in our congregation. We have a lot of young families, those of you that are raising your children. God bless you that you bring your children up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And then Jesus could say, Jay, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Take care. Be concerned for the elderly. Be concerned for the widows of the congregation here at the peak. And maybe you all feel like this John 21 has not hit you, hit you very much, but I felt like John 21 has been a challenge to me. And as I thought of the messages that we heard at the tent meetings, I just feel like there's a need within my own life to be a better communicator, to show my love more to the three types of lambs and sheep within our congregation. I feel a need To communicate better with our ministerial team, I feel a need to communicate better with you as a congregation. If Jesus came to you and says, Do you love me? How do you respond? What is it that proves your love to the Lord Jesus? How will you be challenged to be faithful? It's easy for us to say, they say words are cheap. And we can say words of, yes, Lord, you know I love you. But what, what really proves our love to the Lord Jesus? Is there substance? Is there proof? In conclusion, Peter asked Jesus about John. John 21, verses 21 and 22. Peter, seeing him, saith to him, Lord, what shall this man do? Fact is, I think that might have been a title of Brother Elam's sermon on April the 23rd, 2003. I may be wrong, but at least that's the date I wrote in my Bible. Jesus said unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. In essence, Jesus told Peter, Peter, you're not responsible for John. You're responsible for Peter. Follow thou me. And so, brothers and sisters, I submit to you that Jesus is calling men and women today to the same level of commitment that he asked of Peter. And he's asking you and me, follow thou me. May God bless us to, the end, to that end. Shall we have a song?